Welcome back to the Balls, Buckets, and Bull podcast. I'm your host, Joey Morales, joined again by Ryan. Are you getting excited for week one? Dude, I, I'm stoked. I am so stoked. I have something exciting to talk about, Joey, if you have a minute. Yeah, let's hear it. Did you hear it? They, they put my University of Texas ID up at the bar at Abel's. Did they really? Yeah, they have retired the UTID. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to my alcoholism, <laughs> everybody that works at Abel's, all my friends for enabling me. Uh, this is probably the proudest moment of my life. I am so proud of you, Ryan. I'm sure everyone back home is uh, proud of you. I wish I would have seen that. I was actually there this past uh, weekend for the game. Uh, they just put it up in honor for this year's dollar beers. Oh, what an honor. Such an honor. That's that's definitely like MVP status. I, I think Our, I'm a legend. I, I think I'm in the Hall of Fame of Vables now. Absolutely. So we got a bit of an interesting episode today, folks. We're going to talk about the latest Zeke suspension update, get into some dating advice questions, which we got, which should be very interesting. And then we're going to talk about Brock Osweiler making his way back to Denver. So let's go ahead and talk about the update with the Zeke suspension Uh, just came out actually a few hours before we got on. Um, his suspension is upheld. It is not reduced. It will be a full six games, but due to how late the decision came out, the NFL ruled that he will be able to play week one versus the giants. And then he will be suspended weeks two through eight. And remember it's a six game suspension, not a six week suspension because the Cowboys have a buy in week five. That's why it goes through eight. He will return week nine at home versus Kansas city. The other thing you have to keep an eye on is the NFLPA, and I believe Zeke's team, filed a temporary restraining order, or TRO, which basically would allow him to play until the case is fully settled, which could like would likely be a long time. Um, judge Amos Masant III was the judge that heard that TRO, that TRO today, and he has asked uh, for he asked for more time. Um, he has until Friday to determine whether he will grant or deny the injunction. Um, you know, I'm I'm just a little concerned, Ryan, that this is going to get into another deflate gate situation. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I don't have enough legal prowess as of now being in law school <laughs> for three weeks, but I will say that I could totally see it if they don't make a decision, like a concrete decision by Friday. Then that means that this could just go into next season. Which, I mean, is exactly what happened to Tom Brady. Yeah, and I mean, and this is already from like a, uh, you know, an incident that happened well over a year ago. So, you know, I just, I just think about back to how annoying it was to turn on ESPN and almost every single day they would at least have something about deflate gate, the gas law. You know, you Nick Roger DeGell out to seek Tom Brady, you name it. And like, yeah, as our, we'll officially name you our resident legal expert on all grounds uh, with law. But I mean, you know, in terms of football, um, I think it's good because the Cowboys really could use them against week one versus the Giants. That'll be a tough game. But I mean, this is very unfortunate. I actually think. Um, there has been there. I was reading as much as I could, and there is a good a good amount of um, hope that they that Judge Almost Masant the Third will actually grant that TRO. Um, I'm actually going to go ahead and uh, put the call in. I think he is, um, just because uh, the, he was. Uh, that's that's pretty much why they uh, he needed more time in the first place. So I think he actually is going to grant it, but. I'm also so I think he actually I think Zeke actually will be eligible for all, all 16 games, 
But either way, I'm not looking forward to another hashtag deflate gate. Yeah, I mean, it's really going to take away from his credibility. I mean, you're just going to be hearing it all year. And I mean, Tom Brady and Zeke are two different players. Tom Brady probably doesn't listen to a whole lot of media coverage, but you got to figure like Ezekiel Elliott's second year in the NFL. Like, do you think it's going to get to his head? Do you think it's going to affect him at all? I mean, it's definitely, I hope, I just, I hope it just gets a slap to his face, you know, and like, hey, you need to like, you know, settle down because, you know, you have that, you have the, the, him lifting up some girl's shirt. I mean, you know, he's just, he's had like little teeny things since this big, this big incident, uh, quote unquote, that I think, you know, he just needs to settle down and become the, the star player that the Cowboys need him to be. And they, they need him on the field without any incident. So, we have another suspension to talk about. Um, this one personally breaks my heart, Ryan, but you know what? We got to come down when we got to come down. So we recently just had our listener league draft. It was a 16 team PPR league. It was a lot of uh, heavy hitters in there. And, uh, but one heavy hitter that was not in there, um, Eric stairs, man, uh, missed the draft, missed all, I think about seven or eight rounds before you uh, realized, uh, uh, that it was going on. And, you know, this is just disappointing, you know, to have, uh, an, a guest of the, a man who was on the pod for, uh, to miss the draft is incredibly disappointing. The suspension will be for three weeks. Uh, he is not allowed to be on the podcast at least for three weeks. Um, he can appeal. I'll wipe my ass with it. That's for sure. Um, but what do you think about the suspension, Ryan? And should it be more, honestly? Uh, you know, we'll, we'll let him have his day in court. Maybe he can get that reduced to like a two-week suspension. It just just really just depends on what the court comes down with. But, I mean, I'm looking at his team right now, and it's honestly not that strong. We have Joe Flacco, Theo Riddick, Jaquiz Rogers, Jordy Nelson, DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Ertz, Sammy Watkins at flex, Jaguars D, and Seabass. I mean, that's not a great team. Uh, he was on auto draft, but is that punishment enough? You know, I, I was thinking about that too. I mean, he obviously has a shit squad now. Uh, no thanks to his own fault. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't help that nobody had the Z. We were all, we were all like wondering in the chat who's going to take Z because we were, you know, the, what also sucks with this whole suspension is we waited, I felt like, to the last possible second to try to get this thing going and we still don't know any info, but uh, yeah, stairs with the auto draft of Zeke. Um, so I, I think his team's pretty bad. I tried to help him out with the trade here. He turned it down. Uh, so we'll see, but I'm thinking a three week suspension uh, on the, for the, for uh, conduct conduct detrimental to the pod. So had to, had to come down on you stairs. Uh, all right. So let's get into Ryan, our eliminator pick for the week. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, ask, what do you, uh, what are your couple of, uh, options that you have so far that you're looking at? Uh, you know, I was actually looking at this and there is just a lot of easy things. Um, I mean, obviously I, if you really want to pick them and this is the only time you can, I think the jets may actually be able to upset the bills. Um, this is going to be one of like two games that they can probably win all year that and the Jags and maybe the Browns. So I, I would go with that. Um, I went with the safe pick. I went Falcons over Bears. I don't really like the Falcons that much, and they can lose in a shootout. And then they're going to play New Orleans, which is always up in the air twice a year. So I, I that's what I went with. Um, I don't know. What'd you go with? 
I was looking at three. The three I'm looking at are like you were talking about the the, the Falcons. They play the Bears. They're seven point favorite, but I think we can use them later on. You know, the thing I'm trying to think about is if we're going to get all seventeen of these right, that means we have to use seventeen different teams. And so I'm just thinking about all right. That means we need to try to leave the upper echelon, upper you know, upper half of the. NFL teams available, or we have to use them throughout the entire season. So I kind of want to stay away. You know, while I I do get that the Jets could, um, they the Bills actually are one of my favorites to pick because I think that might be they they might be one of those lower twenty kind of teams that this is actually a game you can count on. Um, the the Bills are favored by nine points. Uh, Tyrod Taylor just got cleared from his concussion, and it's like you were saying, Ryan, that you pretty much just have to pick any team uh, against the Jets every week. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is you're going to run out of AFC East teams really quickly. <laughs> um, but yeah, pretty much anyway, they play the AFC South, so you can get that Jacksonville one in if you're feeling risky later down the road. But I don't know. I just went safe this week. I don't want to start out with a bad loss. I don't think I'm going to pick the Falcons. I don't really like anything else here. The other one I was thinking was Buccaneers-Dolphins. I think the bus could definitely pull it off. Jay Cutler in his first game back, I don't think he's going to be lighting anybody up. Yeah, my only issue with that is that there's there's rumors out there. They're not rumors. Like The game will not be played in Miami on Sunday. The game's already being moved to a neutral facility or a neutral field if they can. And if they can't get it moved to a neutral field, then they have to play during their bye weeks because uh, they actually have aligning bye weeks. Oh, yeah. It's like week 11, right? Yeah. So, I mean, A, that kind of – that sucks. Uh, it, it really kind of screws with um, all, like, the scoring. Like, for instance, nobody's going to have, like, official like, – and if they, if they were to have to move it, nobody would have official scoring – for that week, um, I believe. I'm not sure how ESPN would deal with it, but I leave like nobody would have official scoring for week one until week 11 when they would finish that. But or maybe they would just flip it around. I'm really not sure. I mean, the other I mean, the other thing that just sucks about it. I mean, to have you know, it's a pretty big deal to not play at home and to play someone you've never played before and to you know not really know what's going on throughout the entire week of uh, practice and then you got to you know get to travel. So it can get kind of messy, um, which matters, I think. So the other, you know, the other, the one other eliminary pick I was thinking of was the Steelers that, that play the Browns. They're a nine point favorite. But once again, I think they're kind of like the Falcons where I think we can use them later. But also, uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's home, like home road splits are just like ridiculous. We were talking about it um, when we did the AFC North. And like, I mean, it's just unbelievable how drastic he can get. So I think the podcast will go with the Buffalo Bills week one eliminator challenge so get those things in folks uh don't miss it and uh we will see you out there on the battlefield all right ryan you ready for some dating advice questions yeah one more thing about fantasy football since we just talked about the hurricane coming in and we have the zeke um like zeke suspension uh you know you're playing me in the first week and i have mike evans on my team and Darren McFadden. Is there Ooh. some type of collusion? That you're, that um, you're I may have uh, uh, cursed the entire league um, with uh, Hurricane Bad Voodoo, bad voodoo um, after I personally was affected by Hurricane Harvey, but I can't, I can't confirm nor deny these allegations. I, I'm just saying this is uh, this may have to have an asterisk next to it if you. <laughs> Hur- Hurricane Gate. I don't even. Okay. I don't know. I got nothing. 
Typhoon Gate. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get into these questions. First one up. Can you use an edible arrangement for a breakup? So in case you don't know what an edible arrangement is, it's kind of like this assortment of like candy and fruit. And it's kind of constructed in a way to resemble like a, you know, like a bouquet of flowers or like, uh, I don't know, like a, a garden or some other like object that's like uh, cute. And like you're supposed to give it to a loved one, uh, primarily a female loved one, uh, you know, as a gift. But what they're asking is, can you use that same thing um, to for a breakup? Uh, you know, normally these things come with like a note, like uh, "Happy Valentine's Day," uh, etc. But can you use these for a breakup, Ryan? Uh, we, we're coming from to this from two different angles, and I'm liking this one as a man who is very much single, and one as, as a man who is very much not. So let's go ahead and get the single the single ladies take. Uh, I, I've always been a huge proponent of this. This actually started off with our boy uh, Matt Kemp's. As a joke, he sent us a thing that he said that he was going to break up with a girl, and then he sent us a Snapchat of an edible arrangement. I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Um, I personally do like the edible arrangement. It's a, it's a little more formal than a text that you don't have to do it in person or a voicemail, but it also like softens the blow. So they see this beautiful arrangement, and then there's a note that says, hey, we're done. Personally, I'm a bigger fan of the cookie cake. That way, oh, yeah. the message right on there. Oh yeah, and not yeah. to mention after after they're done like sobbing and weeping, they have something to like take solace in. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and I got I think I mean just like looking off the pictures and like while also having a cookie cake myself, I would think cookie cake is much uh, more delicious than an edible arrangement. So my take on this is I feel like it kind of has to be like a, a very, obviously has to be like a kind of a short term relationship, um, you know, and one that you really like both of y'all didn't really care for. Cause like, I mean, it's pretty, it's, it'd be pretty, pretty dick move to do this uh, with a, a long-term relationship. Um, and, and like not only to do it, but to not like say anything beforehand and then just send them an edible arrangement. But that's, that's kind of my take on it. So let's get into the next dating question. What's the appropriate amount of time before you can court a friend's ex? So I got to be careful on this one, Ryan. So I'm gonna let you go first. Let me gather my thoughts. Oh, a friend's ex. I mean, like... Uh, well, it, it, I think it's going to go by case-by-case case basis. Like if we're looking at a, like a friend like Matt Kemp's who uh, is a notorious <laughs> asshole to girls sometimes. I mean if he – if it's somebody like that and you know like the relationship probably didn't end too well and if you ask for their consent and they say yes, I would say maybe a couple weeks. But if it's like they ended on bad terms, I'm going to say never. You can never do that. It's like off, off territory. Yeah, I uh, – so – like I said, I got to be careful with this answer, but you know, like, yeah, I, I think it is also kind of depending. It de I think it depends on what your relationship with your friend is like and B what the, what their relationship is like. So I think if it's like a close friend, if you guys are close or if it was like a long-term relationship, you got to at least wait like a month. And honestly, even then, like you're, you're, uh, you're playing with fire there, but you know, when in doubt, um, ask, but don't be surprised when they want to like kick your ass. Uh, you know, we have many guys uh, that are slopping around with the the same the same girls. So, um, and the, uh, you know, this is this is nothing new to us, Ryan. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I my uh, numbers may be off, but I believe the number is up to 
13 or 14, depending on your source. <laughs> plus or minus uh, a half. Uh, I'm going to go plus. Definitely a plus. <laughs> All right, so let's let's uh, let's uh, let's get on to it. Let's get out of these dating advice questions. So, you know, we talked football, then we talked some dating advice, and now we're going to bring it back full circle by talking about someone who's also bringing it full circle, and that person is Brock Osweiler. You know, what what do we? You know, what is how does the saying go? Dance with the one who brought you, and. Or dance with the one who Brock you, I guess is a punny way to say it. But so let's go. Let's go through Brock Osweiler's quick um, arrival at Denver and departure. So he was selected 57th overall in the second round of the 2012 draft by the Denver Broncos. He plays through 15, groomed under John Elway, uh, who's expected to be the successor to, uh, to Peyton Manning after he won the Super Bowl, and Peyton really just looks shot. But then on March 9th, 2016, he signed a massive four-year, $72 million deal with the Texans, um, which, was, which was way more money than the Broncos could afford. They were, I think, offering like half of that or like only in the 40s. Um, so the, the Texans swooped him off uh, out of the Broncos' hands. He played one season. It was horrible. And they and then they traded him to the Browns. And it was and we you know, when you say trade, you think that they they pretty much just said to the Browns, hey, can you take this contract off our hands? Because what the trade was is they trade Brock Osweiler, a 2017 six round pick, a 2018 second round pick. And the only thing they get in return is a 2017 fourth round pick. And guess what date they did that on March 9th, 2017. So what a year can do, not even into the full, not even into the regular season. He is cut by the Browns on September 2nd this year. Talk about an ego crush. I mean, to get to go from getting a massive deal by the Texans to getting traded to the Browns for virtually nothing and then to get cut by the Browns. And then he finally signs a one year, 775,000 minimum contract with the Broncos making it a full circle. So, you know, we can kind of tie this back into dating, Ryan. You know, what is what do you think uh, Brock's uh, outlook on life was, thinking that he had gr- uh, greater greener grass on the other side before it all fell through? Uh, I, I think Brock, if we're doing this in relationship terms, he's like that one girl that you just, like, fell in love with. And then you were gotten this like nasty relationship. You committed. <laughs> you, you you gave her seventy two million thirty seven guaranteed. You know that's happened. But you know she then she just started to like stop working out, stopped like keeping herself up. Maybe maybe gained a little weight along the way, and then one day you just look back and you're like, wow, um, what what happened? But then her ex boyfriend sees her, and then the love just rekindles all over again. Granted, at a much like lower love than they used to have. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, if if uh, I would probably if if this ever happened with me and Danny, I would definitely get the vet minimum. Uh, she'd bring me back on a one year deal. Like, all right, I'll try this one last time, and then uh, probably just cut you again and put you back in the uh, with the dirty old Browns. But you know, like I said, dance with the one who brought you. You know, you had he had a good thing going in Denver uh, under John Elway. They had a great defense. Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are a great uh, one-two receiving core. Um, Then you have, you know, C.J. Anderson, who, if he can stay healthy, is a good running back. 
You know, I think they were a playoff caliber team. And I think that, you know, one, if, if, if Brock was able to take the step up or if the defense was able to say that high a caliber, I think that they could have made it to the Super Bowl again. So, you know, you, you can take, you can take the extra money. You can take the, the delicious opportunity that is the Texans or was, but at the end of the day, you're just going to go to the Browns and it's all going to come crashing down. Isn't that right, Ryan? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Although I will say that as much as we want to hate on Brock, I was listening to a certain four-letter sports channel today and watching a program. I don't know if we can say it for trademark purposes, but like around the cow's antlers. And um, they brought up actually a really good point. That if you look at his stat line, it's not that bad. Like as a as a starter, he's thirteen and eight. Like that's not that's like a Tim Tebow like stat line. Granted, he's probably going to throw sixty six now fifty eight percent of his passes for completions. Probably have like a twenty twenty four to twenty two touchdown interception rate. But I mean, this isn't the worst looking girl that you could sign. I mean, I'm looking at it over here, and I have to go home to Josh McCowan every night, and I would love to yeah. go home to Brock Osweiler. <laughs> well stated. Oh, you know, I, I didn't have this in the schedule, Ryan, but uh, many guys would kill me if we didn't talk about it. So, you know, it, it pains to talk about it, but we need to talk about what was what was the train wreck, what was the disgustingness that was the Longhorns season opener um, Ryan, I'm going to get the stats up really quick. Why don't you go ahead and, uh, you know, just give a good old rant for us. Oh, man. Um, you know, if it wasn't for those 30 points that Maryland put on us in the first half, I think we really had a shot. But, I mean, in the end, it's it's the overall score that counts. Um, if you look at it offensively, it wasn't too much of a disaster. I mean, Shane Bouchel did have a decent stat line. He threw for a lot, three touchdowns, one interception. Um, I mean, is it what that we expected with Tom Herman being the offensive genius? No, I think the real issue is our special teams and defense. The defense was just atrocious. They allowed a barely Big Ten team to just run all over us. And their QB looked like a Heisman candidate. Granted, he's going to be out for the season. But, man, we look bad on defense. Yeah, I mean, I only get 98 total rushing yards. I mean... That's absurd. We we normally are in the two like it's every other week. It seems like we're over two hundred rushing yards last season. Uh, you know, granted we did have three hundred seventy five passing yards, but you know that's just not Texas football. Normally we are great at running the ball. Um, we lost the turnover battle only by one, but it still matters. But yeah, I totally agree with you about the special teams, and which is just really disappointing to see. I mean, how many times have we lost a game by a? Uh, missed a missed point after touchdown, a missed field goal, um, a a botched punt. Uh, you know, it's just it, this is it's just starting to become what Texas football is. You know, it reminds me of personally watching the Cowboys, uh, at least through that Jessica Simpson Tony Romo era, where like you you watch a play and you just every single snap you're just sweating and you're praying nothing bad happens. You know, you're like don't fumble the snap. Throw the ball, don't throw a pick, catch the ball, don't fumble, go down, no penalty, okay, next play. And that's best case scenario. Yeah, my, my biggest thing is with like our kicking and special teams, like there's what, 7.5 billion people in the world right now. How can we not find one single person that can kick a football? 
I I know, right? I mean, how I don't I we, I need to go back and see how many kickers we've gone through because there. I mean, it, it, we definitely haven't had a good one since Justin Tucker. Um, they they have been just been awful, terribly. Yeah, I terribly. was uh, I was during our draft, the listener league draft. I was looking for uh, Nick Rose to see if he was still in the league, and I guess he got cut. He was on somebody's roster last year. I remember that. <laughs> the other thing I'm looking at right now is Shane Boucher. Guess who? Guess who? I guess I kind of gave it away, but he led our running backs by almost double in carries. I mean, you got Chris Warren, uh, only six carries. Kyle Porter, eight carries for 21 yards, only 2.6 average. I mean, this just isn't going to do it. Um, you know, the receiving game was great. Uh, lots, tons of yards. Uh, Shane Boucher put up almost 400 yards, but still only a 43.4 QBR out of 100, which is terrible compared to Maryland's game. And you know what also was uh, terrible was that they were still putting up points even though their, their primary quarterback tore his ACL. I mean, we were favored by 19 to win this game, and we lose by 10. Just just disappointing start to Tom Herman's season. I mean, we I know I know you're right. We shouldn't have expected a com, you know a complete turnaround um, uh, right away in his first year, but to lose against the Mar- uh, you know Maryland right off the bat uh, with all the hype that was going into the offseason, with all the uh, hope that we would get great recruitment classes. I mean, even that's got to be wondered uh, speculated about now. I mean, if you're a recruit and you're seeing this, I mean, we got USC, we got to play OU, Oklahoma State. All these teams are looking great. Um, you know, this is it's, it's just not looking good. It's looking, you know, we did we did our predictions, and I thought uh, I thought nine and three. I thought it was going to be a good season, but I think you're I think you're right, Ryan. I think it's another eight win, uh, seven or sorry, seven win season on uh, on our hands. True. the The only thing that I can take solace in is that I don't think we were the worst loss in Texas this week. I mean, you have A&M against UCLA and a heartbreaker where UCLA comes back for 30 points. And then you have Baylor losing to Liberty. I Do you even know where Liberty is? If you can name their conference right now without looking it up, I will give you $1,000. <laughs> the only thing I can think of when you say Liberty is like Liberty City from like Grand Theft Auto, so... Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I mean, to be up by 30, I mean, my mom comes in, she's like, I thought A&M won. I was like, no, they gave up 35 points straight. So yeah, that, that helped a little bit, but still, you know, the other thing I was thinking about is, I mean, at one, at at some point, uh, you know, these season, these season ticket holders are just going to have enough and they're not going to pay these prices that the long courts make them pay every single year, you know? If personally, if I was still living in Austin as a graduate, I I probably wouldn't be buying uh, season tickets as an alumni. But that's just my thought. All right, Ryan. Anything else before we get out of here? Any more uh, rosters you want to trash uh, from our draft? Uh, I how's Archid's team? I haven't even looked at it, but it's probably pretty bad. You know the what the other team I was I was laughing at was freaking Zach Crowell's man. The guy drafts like the Chiefs defense in like the fourth round out of nowhere, which just all Honestly, blew all of our minds. To which his only response was, like, "Yeah, go ahead, uh, go ahead." Like they Tom Bahali is out for like I think a really long time, maybe even the season. So they're not even going to be that good. Like, oh. and like you, you, they play like the the Pats like week one too. Like even though I know you have a good defense, you're playing the Pats in uh, Foxborough opening day of the NFL. Belichick's had literally the entire off season to get ready for you. There is no way that offense doesn't put up a ton of points with Gronk healthy, 
you know, you still now you got Brandon Cooks. I know Edelman's out, but gosh, quick, uh, that, quick, that, quick prediction. What, how many points do you think the Chiefs D is uh, projected for? Oh, uh, four, five, five. I'll go five. They're projected for three points. So Zach. Oh man, out of boy crawl, out of boy crawl. Out of boy, that's what that's what uh, that's what guys with the first pick overall really do. Really making our league shine. All right, that uh, does that do it, Ryan? Yeah, I'm good. All right, um, for Ryan, I am Joey Morales. Make sure to follow on iTunes at the BBB Podcast. Send us in more fun questions if you like these dating advice questions at the BBB Pod on Twitter. Give us a five star review. Make sure to have a goofy nickname. Uh, I, I I've heard that that's. Uh, one reason why it might not work at first, and uh, we would really appreciate that. For Ryan, I am Joey. Have a good day, folks, and good luck with your fantasy football teams. Week one, we may or may not have one more podcast before the NFL starts, but we are glad NFL NFL is back, baby. (laughs) 